from the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes! Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown, joined, as always, by our fearless leader at Horns 24-7, the managing editor, Taylor Estes. Taylor, how are you doing? Chip, it's just another day in paradise here uh, covering the University of Texas in a coaching search. How about you? I mean, I think Texas fans are excited, um, especially as it pertains to what Steve Sarkeesian's got going. We'll get into that. Texas basketball, um, you know, a, a tough loss to Texas Tech. We'll mention that. And then a couple of games postponed road trips to Iowa State and TCU both postponed right now. Um the next basketball game on the schedule for the horns is against Oklahoma on the 26th and, um, and Miranda Ellish, the stud ace pitcher for Texas softball in a, a great stick at the plate um, announcing this past week that she is going to opt out of the 21 season after uh, initially saying that she would come back for that season. Um, She was uh, the, the, softball America player of the year for, for the shortened 2020 season. So that's, that's some tough news, Taylor, but um, you know, as we talk about Texas football, Steve Sarkeesian is down to the nubs here in terms of finalizing his football coaching staff. In fact, as we are recording right now on Tuesday, uh, January 19th, this staff could be finalized by the end of the day. Right. And, um, and I think, you know, it's not quite, uh, it, well, some excitement um, here in the last 24 hours. We had been reporting that Pete Golding, the Alabama defensive coordinator, had been a focus for Steve Sarkeesian, and he ends up with a different Pete. Pete Kwiatkowski, the defensive coordinator of the Washington Huskies, um, it, it was still, the deal was still being finalized uh, early Tuesday, but it sounded like things were moving in that direction. Um, and if it is indeed Pete Kwiatkowski, then that leaves only the outside linebackers staff position for Steve Sarkeesian to fill. Uh, and, and then he would have his staff all together. And Taylor, when you talk about, you know, Pete Kwiatkowski, this is an interesting uh, potential hire for Steve Sarkeesian because he's going back to the school where he was the head coach. Um, and Pete Kwiatkowski and Steve Sarkeesian did not overlap. Kwiatkowski came in with Chris Peterson, who succeeded Sarkeesian at Washington, but has had one of the best defenses in college football the last seven years. Um, I mean, we're talking about uh, top 10 in scoring defense. The most important statistic for a defense. And you're talking about, he got there in, in 2014 and that defense gave up 24.8 points per game, 39th and FBS. But then it, it was 18.8 points. It was, and that was 13th best in FBS. Then it was 17.7 points per game. That's eighth best in FBS and 16 in 17 and 18, he had the fifth best scoring defense in FBS. And then um, in 
2019, the 15th best scoring defense, uh, all under 20 points. He dominated against Mike Leach's air raid, uh, never giving up more than 17 points in all those meetings in the Apple Cup against Washington State and Mike Leach. So I think there's a lot to like about the numbers that uh, Pete Pete Kwiatkowski's defenses at Washington have been putting up. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I mean, it's, you know, I think that you have to kind of consider the, um, you know, the teams that they were playing, you know, not all of the Pac-12 teams run the type of air raid style of offense that Mike Leach did when he was at Washington State, um, or, you know, not all of them run the style of offenses that Big 12 teams run. But I think that this is, you know, Chip, I think that this is a good move for Steve Sarkeesian. This is kind of a random one, you know, as, as we've learned, this kind of came down pretty quickly there, but, you know, I, I think that the, the numbers speak for themselves, you know, I mean, scoring defense, as we've talked, you know, until we're blue in the face, if you're going to look at the stat, that's the one you look at for defense. If you're going to judge a defense by what they're doing statistically, look at what they're giving up points wise. And so his history and track record in itself, you know, speaks for itself. And, uh, you know, I think that with, Pete Golding, the, um, out, you know, the Alabama defensive coordinator. I know that there's been some Alabama fans. If you look over at their message boards, they haven't been too thrilled with some of the defenses uh, that the Crimson Tide has had on or has fielded, you know, the last two seasons. So I think that, you know, this was a little bit of a, a quick change of pace type of hire, but I think it was a good one. I mean, what, what's your thoughts on, you know, kind of the comparing the two of them? Yeah. I mean, I think you look at, um, you look at Pete Golding, he's 34. He obviously Nick Saban, um, you know, held on to Pete Golding and let go of Tosh Lapoy after the, uh, after the 18 season and, and Pete Golding was the defensive coordinator each of the last two years, obviously winning a national championship this year. Um, and then you look at Pete Kwiatkowski, who's, um, 54 years old Mm -hmm. and is a lifer in the Pacific Northwest, having played at Boise state and then working at snow college and then Eastern Washington and then uh, Montana state. And then at Boise state under Chris Peterson really was with Chris Peterson for 13 years from 06 to 2019 um, at Boise state and Washington. And um, and so I think people forget or don't really think about Pete Kwiatkowski as a, as a candidate to go other places because he's a lifer in the Pacific Northwest and those guys tend to, tend to stay where they are. But I think things changed when um, Jimmy Lake, who was the defensive backs coach for Chris Peterson um, at Washington, uh, started to get other job offers and, and Chris Peterson wanted to hang on to Jimmy Lake and promoted him to co-defensive coordinator with Pete Kwiatkowski. Um, and, and so they shared that title in 2018 and 2019. And then, and then, and Jimmy Lake actually made more money than Pete Kwiatkowski. Jimmy Lake, I'm told was, was making 1.7 million as the co-defensive coordinator, he wasn't even calling the defense. Pete Kwiatkowski was making 1.1 million, but was very humble about it. Said, "I want to do what's best for the 
for the team. Well, then um, Peterson steps down after the 19th season. Jimmy Lake becomes the head coach and Kwiatkowski continues to serve as defensive coordinator. And I'm told that's when things got a little rough uh, in terms of Jimmy Lake being heavy handed and how he wanted to run the defense and, and the defense actually took a, a little step back in terms of points given up. And, and so I'm told this is, you know, one of the reasons that Kwiatkowski's interested in, in a new opportunity. And, uh, and so look, if that's the case, then great. You're, you're getting a guy who, who knows who he is, knows what he's all about, has worked with one of the great coaches in Chris Peterson and is now ready for a, a change of scenery and, and a guy who, you know, look, the Pac-12 has a reputation for wide open offenses. You got running spreads at, at Oregon and you got pro style and air raid combination with Graham Harrell at USC. You've got um, Washington State kind of taking, you know, continuing to be uh, wide open after Mike Leach left. So he's used to having to defend, um, you know, all kinds of offenses and and I think he he just has a a knowledge. Uh, I've talked to a couple of head coaches in in FBS who who know Pete Kwiatkowski well, and they just think he's a rock star. I mean, he's no nonsense, but makes great adjustments, and is a guy who knows who he is. And I just think that's important, Taylor, because when I look at a guy like Pete Golding, and God bless him, he's thirty four. Um, and Alabama fans, you're right. Alabama fans have sort of made him their whipping boy the same way that Brent Venables was the whipping boy at OU before he went on to Clemson and won national championships with, with Dabo Sweeney. So, um, you know, I think this is a, a solid hire. You, you get an experienced coach who's not going to, you know, be flustered. He's, that's what you want from your defensive coordinator. You want a guy who's kind of seen it all and been through it all so that nothing, you know, really uh, nothing really shakes him. And then, you know, everyone's wondering, well, gosh, he's walking into a staff where he didn't really have any say over who's on that staff. Well, guess what? Pete Kwiatkowski the kind of egoless guy who's, like, look, if they're all in it for Texas, then they'll be fine. We'll all work well together. Other defensive coordinators wanted to bring a coach. And, uh, and you know, I think um, Steve Sarkeesian had a, a defensive coordinator in mind, probably in Pete Golding, and put that staff together thinking along those lines. But he ends up with a, a guy in, in Pete Kwiatkowski who's, who's humble about it and, and is ready to go to work with whoever's next to him. So uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, anytime you put a staff together, it's a bit of a puzzle. Right. Yeah, no, you're, you're definitely right about that. I think that, you know, I think which you brought up a good point, you know, about him being kind of selfless in um, his approach. I think that's something that you've already seen in his career with you mentioning that Jimmy Lake, who was the co-defensive coordinator, he was making more money you know, then Pete Kwiatkowski at Washington uh, before Jimmy Lake was the head coach there. I mean, and he did that because he trusted Chris Peterson. So that's the type of guy that you're getting. Um, I think this is one of the older defensive coordinators that Texas has had over 
recent years. I think Tyler Land, I think everyone's been in their 40s for the most part. Manny Diaz, I believe, was in his 30s when he was a defense coordinator at Texas. So this is a different yeah, kind Gene of Chizik. Yeah, you know, different kind of move with going towards the the older, more experienced guy. But um, you know, I think that the fact that he's willing to come onto a staff that he didn't get to hand select the assistant coaches, I think that's a good sign for the character that he has. And you know, I, I mean, a lot of defensive coordinators, if you think about it, a lot of them aren't look at me guys. You know what I mean? Like Todd Orlando, uh, you could tell when he was at Texas, like every time he talked to the media, you could tell he didn't want to talk to us. He wanted to be out coaching. You know, he didn't want to be, you know, the the PR type of guy that gets in front of the microphone and speaks his mind. Like, and a lot, I think a lot of defensive coordinators, especially in the college level, are kind of like that, Chip. Um, but, you know, I think this is going to be, you know, kind of interesting to see how they all kind of meld together. But as you mentioned, you know, it's a good thing that um, Pete Kwiatkowski was able to, you know, willing to take the job at Texas, even if he didn't hand select his staff. Um, we have a little breaking news right now. Sorry, I was kind of when you were talking, I was looking at my phone, but uh, some breaking news we just got literally come in from our Horns 24-7 staff text message. Uh, Texas cornerback Jalen Green has officially entered the NCAA transfer portal. He uh, was, you know, we reported last week, there was reports that came out first saying that he was already in the portal. That was incorrect. Um, according to my sources, he was weighing his options, had been weighing his options. That was something that we had heard mid-season, you know, of the 2020 season that he's been kind of weighing his options um, all along. But now he's officially in the transfer portal. So, you know, that's a little bit of a, a, a loss for Texas. I mean, Jalen Green, if you recall, back when Tom Herman had his you know, National Signing Day press conference in 2018 for the 2018 recruiting cycle, he called Jalen Green a three-year guy, which I guess he – He's possibly right because he was at Texas for three years, but that's not what he meant. He thought he was an NFL type of talent. And I think he is. I think Jalen Green is really solid. Um, you know, I think it got was unfortunate for him that, but fortunate for Texas, you know, Josh Thompson moved back to the cornerback position for the 2020 season. That's his more natural fit. And he was the best option that they had followed by Deshaun Jameson, but definitely a loss for uh, Texas, not having Jalen Green there. Yeah. And if, I mean, if, Steve Sarkeesian and his new defensive staff can talk to Jalen Green and lay out a vision um, because Chris Ash came in and immediately moved Josh Thompson to corner and moved Anthony Cook to nickel. Anthony Cook wasn't real happy with that, went into the portal, decided he was he he decided he decided to stay at Texas. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how this plays out, because obviously I think the 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 sentiment I'm hearing from Texas players is the offensive side is super excited. They, they see Sarkeesian coming with Kyle flood and AJ Milwe and, and they have Stan Drayton staying there and Andre Coleman. And they saw how Alabama moved the ball in the national championship game. They're all excited, right? The defensive players have been waiting to find out what's going on. And I think the, the waiting has led to, a decision like this from, from Jalen green. And now if Sarkeesian brings in his staff and look, there are questions because even among the players right now, because Kwiatkowski has run a lot of odd front, a lot of three man front in the, in the pack 12, but um, he's also put 17 players in the NFL, including right. every 
every level. I mean, from defensive line, linebacker, uh, Buda Baker is one of the best safeties in the NFL right now with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you know, Shaq Thompson, Danny Shelton. It's a, it's a who's who list of players that have come through um, Pete Kwiatkowski's defense that have gone on to the NFL. And that's something that Texas has been lacking. So I get the sense. And in talking to some coaches who know Pete, he's a multiple front guy. So, I mean, if Steve Sarkeesian thinks, Hey, we need to be a four man front or whatever. Um, I think Kwiatkowski is going to be able to adjust to whatever um, is needed. And he, again, is that kind of guy, that selfless coach we'll see, but um, it is interesting. And Jalen green's a guy who volunteered to move to safety. I mean, he just wants to get into a starting position. I get it. Right. And a new evaluation, a new set of eyeballs can lead to new opportunities. So we'll see how, how, uh, Steve Sarkeesian and, and his new staff can connect with, with Jalen green. Cause he's certainly a talented football player. Um, and they stayed healthy for the most part at corner last year. And obviously Josh Thompson and Deshaun Jameson were the, were the starters. So, right. um, we'll see how, you know, this new staff evaluates Jalen green and if it makes any difference and, and how he's thinking right now, obviously there's been a lot of time for, for people to sort of uh, entice or invite Jalen Green. We don't know where his mind is right now. He may have a coach, you know, tell him, guaranteeing him right now that he'll be a starter somewhere. So it's it's, uh, an interesting story that we will definitely be following over at Horns 24-7, Taylor. Yeah. Well, and Um, that's the, you know, Chip, I think that you hit it right there. You know, all season long I had heard that Jalen Green was considering entering the portal even mid-season. And so this is not – you know, I don't think that this decision, I haven't from people I've spoken to who are close to Jalen Green, I haven't got the sense that this is a matter of, oh, you know, Steve Sarkeesian's there and, you know, that's why he's leaving or anything. This has been something that he's been weighing for several months. And let's be honest, I mean, this, this is a talented kid. I mean, a really talented kid. He's going to have options to go probably to whatever school he wants. I mean, this is not somebody who's going to enter the portal and then go to some division two school or some, you know, really small uh, division one FBS school. That's just not going to happen with Jalen Green. He's going to probably land at a, a big time power five, you know, um, uh, conference, you know, school if he decides to, to um, follow through and transfer. But, you know, I, I think that you, I think not knowing who your coaches are really going to be, that's a big, that's a big deal, you know, and he already went through a coaching change um, with a defense coordinator and his position coach. So this is the third one that he will have been playing for in three years. I mean, you know, uh, as we've talked about this before on, on the um, flagship podcast, but these are young, you know, 18, 22 year olds. And you can sit here and say, you commit to a school, not to a coaching staff, but that's not true. You know, they pick most more times than not commit to their position coach because they're the ones that are in their, you know, family rooms, talking to their parents, sitting down with their family, explaining what their plan is for them at these universities. They commit to them. And then the school is kind of, you know, the packaged into it, obviously, but the relationships they build are with assistant coaches. So, you know, any type of turnover, you kind of expect some sort of attrition um, on the the roster in the college football, you know, level. So um, it'll be interesting, definitely, as you mentioned, follow 
this story at Horns 24-7 because uh, it's definitely not a done situation at this point. Yeah, and it's. It, I thought it was interesting when Steve Sarkeesian talked in his introductory press conference about adversity and and he said our student athletes right now are not really conditioned to enduring adversity Mm -hmm. they're they're conditioned to hit eject and get into the portal and move on and not stick it out and not you know work their way through things and so not that Jalen Green is is any kind of example here but here's the situation where Steve Sarkeesian's got to make a quick connection with a really talented football player. And as you said, these defensive coaches need to um, make a quick connection with a really talented football player before winter conditioning starts next week. So it's um, it's, it is, it's a story that we'll be following over at horns 24 seven Taylor. And um, I know we've got, uh, are we ready for some love it or leave it? Yeah, well, you know, Chip, before we go to everyone's favorite segment, Love It or Leave It, we're going to take a really short break. But you definitely want to stick around because we will be talking a little bit more about um, the potential hire of Pete Kwiatkowski and uh, the other assistant coaching hires that have gone down. There have been some monster ones we haven't even gotten into yet, but uh, you definitely want to stay tuned because we will be right back with all of that and more. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Chip, you ready for Love It or Leave It? I am. I didn't even realize for those watching us on video, I'm, I'm kind of wearing my Washington Huskies purple today. Oh, yeah, you are. I'm wearing leopard <laughs> so, well, there you go get my inner different, cat out right <laughs> different uh little little different strokes for different folks here there you go all right chip um my first love it or leave it topic for you is pete kwiatkowski will be a better defensive coordinator higher than alabama's pete golding love it or leave it you know it's that's a that's a tough one but I'm based on the conversations I've had today. I'm going to say I'm going to love this because. Um, well, I'll just come out and say it. I, I talked to former Boise State head coach Dan Hawkins, who's now at UC Davis, who's known Pete Kwiatkowski for a long time and and thinks the guy is just salt of the earth and the, the kind of defensive coach that you grab onto and hold on to and be thankful that he's your defensive coordinator because he's just seen it and been through it and done it and not nothing against Pete Golding at 34 years old. Heck he's Pete Golding's going to be a head coaching candidate in five minutes. Um, and I know Alabama fans have, you know, been upset a little bit, but good heavens, Nick Saban's had more changeover on his coaching staffs than you can possibly imagine um, these last seven years. And yet Alabama wins another national championship. So uh, kudos to Nick Saban. But um, in this situation, I, I think Pete Kwiatkowski is going to end up being a guy who's unflappable. He's not going to get into all the rhetoric that tends to come with any job at Texas when you're a coordinator, you get as much heat as the coach. Mm-hmm. This won't bother him. I mean, this is a guy who just knows what he knows, does what he does. 
um, from what I've been told, he's just that rock solid guy you can count on. And it sounds to me like um, someone did their homework here to, to find out that Kwiatkowski might be willing to leave and, and Sarkeesian is, is, to, is taking advantage of it. And so I think this is a, a really pleasant surprise. I'll, I'll love this Taylor. Okay. I agree. I'm going to love it too. I think, you know, um, just having, you know, the experienced type of defense coordinator that's proven himself time and again, it's always great to find the young up and coming coaches, obviously, like that's definitely a positive when you can land the ones that are, you know, going to probably move on to be a head coach someday. But there's been so much defensive coordinator turnover at Texas. I mean, I have yet to see a defensive coordinator make it past year three of their career in the 10 seasons that I've covered the University of Texas. It's never happened. It's always been either fired midseason year three or sooner even than that, like with, you know, uh, Chris Ash here at Texas. But yeah, I mean, I think that just I think if there's possibly going to be somebody to break that trend, it could be Pete Golding, you know, and I think or excuse me, uh, Pete Kwiatkowski. And if Pete Golding, you know, if he had success at Texas, as you mentioned, you know, he's, he'll be a head coaching candidate in five minutes, you know? So I think that for the stability at Texas, you know, this is a guy who has proven himself stayed stuck around at Washington for several, several years. Um, I think that that could really benefit the Texas defense just from having the consistency among a staff or in a coordinator, you know, assuming that this does work out the way that, you know, or he continues to, you know, develop defenses the way he has in defensive players at Washington, I think this will be a positive. So, and, you know, hope maybe stick around. We'll see. I, I, only, I can't even believe I'm saying that because I've never seen it. So I, I'm kind of crazy to think that that's going to happen <laughs> when I've seen the exact opposite, but we will see there. Yeah. Um, all right. So my second one for you, Chip, is love it or leave it you think that one assistant coach hire stands out above the rest? Well, um, we will, uh, you know, I, I, look, I think there's a reason the uh, Texas offensive players are ecstatic about where things are going. And the fact that Steve Sarkeesian is going to be the play caller and Kyle Flood is going to be his offensive coordinator an offensive line coach, and they've worked together at the Atlanta Falcons and at Alabama. And Kyle Flood's a former head coach. He's been through the, you know, he's been through the ringer. He was at at Rutgers before, um, you know, Chris Ash took over at Rutgers. I think, I think that combination, and you know, I, I just think that's going to be hard to beat. I mean, I hear Oklahoma. Uh, coaches are are paying attention. They're looking at what Sarkeesian's, you know, putting together. They respect what he's done offensively. And I think the harmony of of Kyle Flood as offensive coordinator with Steve Sarkeesian calling the plays is just hard to beat. So I'll say it's kind of Kyle Flood, but it's kind of the combination of Kyle Flood and Steve Sarkeesian having worked together and and bringing that that confidence because every offensive coordinator needs to be in total harmony with the offensive line coach Mm -hmm. as to how they're going to run the ball and then how they're going to pass protect. And just like a defensive coordinator tends to have to have a great relationship with that defensive line coach. So that's why I'll say Kyle flood uh, coming in as offensive coordinator, offensive line coach. And 
the harmony that he already has with Steve Sarkeesian. Okay. Um, How about you, Taylor? Yeah, you know, I'm going to love it. I'm going to choose a different coach, though. And mine is uh, newly hired. Can't believe we haven't even talked about him yet since this happened after we last recorded the flagship, but newly hired a, a special teams coordinator, Jeff Banks. I mean, this is a guy that Tom Herman tried to hire. Jeff Banks is considered one of the top recruiters in all of college football. You know, um, we talked previously before the hire, you know, was made of Jeff Banks. I had heard through sources that he was telling people at Alabama leading up to the national championship game that he was happy where he was. And when I heard that, you know, after you cover coaches for so long and a sport for so long and you hear the same things, it's like, okay, he's saying this because he is not going to ruffle the feathers before the national championship game and piss off Nick Saban before the national championship game. That, that was the vibe I got from that. I didn't take it as he was for sure sticking around in Tuscaloosa. And then for Steve Sarkeesian, you know, to be able to pull him away from Nick Saban, I don't think Saban's too thrilled with uh, that decision or that move. But, you know, um, Jeff Banks has great relationships with uh, coaches in the state of Texas, all across the state of Texas. I mean, his, uh, I think, it, as you reported, his family is still living in Texas, which was a big reason why he wanted to get closer to his kids. Um, but, this is a monster hire and, you know, it may not just be, you know, on field I'm talking about, but his recruiting prowess. I mean, it's, he's easily one of the top recruiters in all of college football. And so for him to come back to the home state that he really kind of got his feet wet in the recruiting game. I mean, this is, this is huge. This is absolutely huge. I mean, just go to Jeff Banks, search Jeff Banks in the 24 seven database and look at all of the recruits who he has been the primary recruiter for um, over the last several years, whether it was at Alabama or Texas A&M when he was there before on Kevin Sumlin's staff. The list is full of five stars. I'll put it that way. And it's very impressive. So I think that Jeff Banks, you know, um, coming in as a special teams coordinator is a big, big deal. I think that's one of the, the hires that stands out the most to me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, Jeff Banks is a is a recruiting force and, um, and a top end special teams coordinator and, and tight ends coach. And um, yeah, that is the hire that really kind of rankled Nick Saban. I think Saban was expecting Kyle flood and AJ Milwe uh, to join Sarkeesian, but um, you know, I, when Jeff banks and Texas is paying him a million dollars a year, Mm-hmm. as a special teams coordinator and tight ends coach. That's how talented Jeff Banks is uh, across the board, especially as a recruiter. And, and so, yeah, this is, a, this is a hire that I think a lot of our listeners right now are nodding their head and saying, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Because um, Jeff Banks has just been such a, a strong recruiter wherever he's been. I mean, at Alabama, it was – it was Kyle Allen and Christian Kirk and Otera Alaka. Uh, and then, you know, once he gets to Alabama, it's um, Jalen Milrow and, um, and a long list. And it doesn't, it's not just, you know, it's all positions. It's defense because um, he, uh, he helped land uh, the, the Duncanville linebacker um, in, in the 21 class, in addition to Jalen Milrow. Um, and so, you know, he, he just gets it and players connect with Jeff Banks. So 
That's yeah, Kendrick uh, Blackshire, though. Yeah, Kendrick Blackshire, and and that's a guy that Texas, you know, really, really could have used in that uh, in that recruit, recruiting class. But um, I think it's exciting. And then when you look at the rest of the staff, as we kind of touch on this, as we wind things down here on the flagship podcast, you know, over on the uh, you got Jeff Banks, you've got um, obviously Steve Sarkeesian who gets it and you know, we'll see what kind of recruiter AJ Milwe is. We know Kyle flood can recruit. Um, and then you've got Stan Drayton and Andre Coleman. And then on the defensive side, you've got Terry Joseph, um, coming in from Notre Dame, who's a former recruiting coordinator at previous stops, great personality, great coach, um, really talented recruiter. Um, you got Blake Gideon, who's going to sell Texas better than anyone because he played here. He was on the national champ, the team that went to the national championship game in, in 09, uh, played with Earl Thomas. Um, you know, he's got, uh, um, you know, he's, he's going to sell it because he loves the place. And then Bo Davis. I mean, Bo Davis is one of the best recruiters. Nick Saban loves Bo Davis. And, right. and he ran into some issues because he, you know, didn't tell the truth about uh, a recruiting issue at Alabama back in what, 15 Mm -hmm. and his show cause is over. um, And, but he's a guy that Mac Brown liked um, and Nick Saban thinks Bo Davis is one of the best uh, defensive line coaches he's ever had. And, and, uh, and is a top notch recruiter. So when you, when you add Bo Davis in with, with uh, Terry Joseph and, and Blake Gideon. And then, um, you know, Pete Kwiatkowski. And we've heard that uh, Johnny Nansen from UCLA is a candidate to come as the outside linebackers coach. Johnny Nansen is considered a a top end recruiter there at UCLA. I mean, it's a staff that has a lot of on-field experience and, and, you know, notches and then totally gets it in recruiting. So, now they just got to hit the road and, and add talent to this roster, Taylor. Yeah, no doubt about it. And if you want to, you mentioned, you know, Jeff Banks's salary. If you want to know how much Texas, not just Steve Sarkeesian, but Texas officials obviously have to approve the salary amounts they've never paid. I mean, I know he has the title special teams coordinator, but the only coaches at, at Texas football that have ever made more than a million dollars have been defense coordinator and offensive coordinator only. They've never hired a million dollar um, assistant coach. And I understand he is special teams coordinator, but still, even then, I think the most that they ever paid somebody was Jay Bolware to be the special teams coordinator and they paid him uh, $700,000. So the fact that Texas officials are willing to fork out over a million dollars on a three-year deal for Jeff Banks um, to be the special teams coordinator, but mainly probably just the, you know, the solid recruiter that he's been. I mean, that, that in itself shows how highly even Texas brass feels about Jeff Banks, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's exciting. Yeah. All right. So I have one more for you. Let's uh, go to the basketball side of things. I know Texas doesn't play for a little while, but uh, Chip, Texas will be able to shake off that last second loss to Texas Tech moving forward. Love it or leave it. You know what? I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to this team right now, and I'm going to love this. Uh, that was a tough way to lose a basketball game. You've got the lead. You're, you're inbounding the ball, and it's a complete uh, miscommunication, and, and Courtney Ramey ends up basically handing the ball to Texas Tech on that inbounds play. They get a layup 
uh, you know, tie the game and then um, come back and and put it away uh, in a, on a last second shot by Mac McClung. And that's a tough way to lose. It's it's a, a game against a team that is going to be an NCAA tournament team. So it's not going to hurt your your resume as much. And and I think this team, this Texas team likes each other enough and has enough chemistry to where they'll bounce back. But that second half of the conference schedule is always tougher and they're going to have to go to Lubbock uh, to avoid being swept in the regular season by Texas Tech. So um, it's going to be a tough challenge over the second half. They haven't even played Baylor yet because that game was postponed uh, due to COVID issues. So uh, this is a wild and woolly basketball season where games are going to have to be made up. Um, and we're not quite sure when they're going to get made up, but uh, they certainly have some some windows to get it done. You just wonder if they're going to end up playing too many games here per week down the stretch. But yes, I'm going to love this, Taylor. I'm going to say that Texas uh, bounces back, overcomes this, and and uh, continues to have uh, a season where they should, I'm, I'm saying it, they should be a Sweet 16 team with this talent. So, um, heck, Lance Blanks, a former Longhorn and former NBA GM, said the over-under for this team is the Final Four. And... And he loves their length, and I get it. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this team the benefit of the doubt and love it that they will bounce back from that last second loss to Texas Tech. All right. How about you? Yeah, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you, which is kind of crazy because I think you know at, when we talk about Texas basketball under Shaka Smart, I think most people you know kind of gave up on giving him the benefit of the doubt over the last few years. But uh, I agree. I think with the way that the team's been playing, the amount of talent that's been on this team, the kind of the, the team, you know, mentality, that camaraderie that they have appeared to have through the first part of the season, you know, that can overcome it. That stuff helps overcome adversity and overcome losses. And, uh, you know, if that locker room's together and stays together, I mean, I think you saw it a little bit with Texas football this year, when the, when the players come together and the locker room is together, then that they can at least compete in games, you know, and, and while the players may not have been big on Tom Herman this past football season and what was happening there, they never turned on each other. And I think that was why Texas was able to win, you know, kind of bounce back after those two losses, TCU and to Oklahoma, um, and still kind of crawl their way back into the conference championship race. Um, and so I think that as long as the Texas basketball program doesn't have the, the splinters in the locker room that we have heard over the years, they, there kind of was previously under Shock Smart's watch, I think that that they deserve the benefit of the doubt. And I, I think that they'll bounce back too. Yeah. And um, kudos to um, in Texas's most recent win over Kansas state, Kamaka Hepa. I mean, just for a quick reference, there's a guy who's been, you know, sometimes, you know, an afterthought and he ends up playing 26 minutes and scores 15 points and, and, you know, gets a block and a steal and just, did whatever was needed. And with that kind of attitude on this team, um, that Texas basketball team this year has a chance to go far because they're all doing whatever it takes for their teammates. And that's, that's when the magic happens. Yep. Totally agree with you. Well, Taylor, good stuff this week. And I feel like we only scratched the surface on a lot of things. So make sure that you are tuning in 
to every episode of the flagship podcast and to all the podcasts here at uh, Horns 24-7. Um, the Blitz with Jeff Howd, Rod Babers, um, you know, our recruiting podcast with Mike Roach, State of Recruiting, and uh, get all the latest intel. It, you know, it's real easy uh, to just, um, while you're driving or heck, even while you're just sitting, relaxing, to get all caught up on all your your Longhorn uh, sports right here at Horns 24-7 and, of course, with all the podcasts. So, uh, and don't don't be afraid to head over to iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and a, and a comment. We would greatly appreciate it. So would our bosses. Um, and so for Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. Until next time on the Flagship Podcast, stay safe and keep the faith. <laughs>